It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for Gerrard! Oh, you're The Ghost Goal Podcast. Tottenham's downward trend continued on Saturday when they lost 2-1 away to Southampton. Another beautiful James Ward-Prowse free kick proved to be the winner as the Saints took all three points at St. Mary's. Manchester City stayed on top of the table with a 3-1 win. Raheem Sterling completed a hat-trick in the opening 14 minutes of the second half. Rather impressive stuff for the Englishman who was adding to a potential Player of the Year campaign. Burnley had the early lead at Anfield on Sunday, but Liverpool pulled away as the game ran on thanks to braces from Mane and Firmino. Liverpool won 4-2 to stay in second place. Wolves had a lead late at the bridge, but a 90-second-minute equalizer from Eden Hazard saw Chelsea split the points with Wolves. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's EPL undefeated streak is officially dead, thanks to Arsenal. Shaka opening the scoring, and Aubameyang penalty saw the Gunners take all three points and now sit two points clear of United and just one point out of third place. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. We got Alex Moss. We got Javier Revelo. Whole team's here. Big Game's weekend. Lots of stuff going on, uh, and of all things, I'm going to just throw it out there because it happened earlier today. Zinazine Zidane back at Real Madrid. We're not here to talk about that, but I had to mention it because we are a soccer podcast. How's everyone doing today? Doing pretty well. Obviously, had a great weekend. Watched those games with Alex, so it was, it was a good Sunday morning. Let's say that. It was it was a nice Sunday of football, I will say. I know you guys. I know one of you doubted me waking up for that Liverpool game, but I, 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 and, uh, I you know what I did? I day drank on, I day drank on Saturdays so that I would be in bed at eight p.m. on on Sunday night to get up for this that is game. Growth. You see, um, on the Ghost Call podcast, yeah. we have character development, growth. Andrew is overcoming his uh, his uh, difficulties with waking up that. before nine or ten a.m. for a game. I would say, I mean, I was out until 4 a.m. on on Saturday, on Friday night, so let's just say that I watched the Tottenham highlights <laughs> and I caught the second half of the Manchester City game, which proved to be the important half to watch We anyway. had a great so moment on good. Saturday night. Uh, Javier came over to my place um, to crash so we could wake up right at 8 a.m. and watch the games. And uh, we were up playing FIFA, as you do, uh, completely forgot about daylight savings time. Went to bed around 2 o'clock in the morning. We're like, oh, okay, you get a decent six hours. And then right at 2.01, it flips to 3.01. And Javier yells at me from the other room as we're about to pass out. Like, dude, daylight savings. We just lost an hour and we stayed up. What the hell were we doing? Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we thought got we were it. gaining the extra hour of sleep. We, we powered we through it. We put on a little bit extra coffee. We should have been sleeping an hour earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw my tweet. I literally had no idea what time I was supposed to wake up for the Liverpool game. Like it was like it's eight o'clock, but is that eight o'clock before or after? Yeah. It was it was yeah. So anyways, let's get right into it. Let's start with Southampton Tottenham. A two one victory for the Saints. James Ward Prowse went full Ronaldo <laughs> with the winner. Doing I don't know like, like what I was, was the like, award I did last like, week. He's Top banter for the weekend. James Ward Prowse wins that award yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> I think so. I think. All right, guys, wrap it up. We're done. All right, see you guys next week. Uh, that's why you're all here, right? Uh, no, but uh, big win for big win for Southampton, who are, I mean, just 
digging themselves away from relegation. There, I mean, they're they're two points clear, but uh, a disappointing loss for Tottenham, who are now twelve points out of second place and thirteen points out of the title race. They're up, they're down, they're in, they're out. I think they're out officially. But what do we what do we think of Tottenham in this one? They, they all the all, everybody was there. They don't have that excuse of oh well they were yeah, injured. Yeah, Delhi Delhi out of there. the title race. Yeah, they're, they have I mean, been. They're they're very much dragged into the top four race now. It's just and they don't have a very easy schedule left this season. So I'm a little, I'm slightly concerned about them, considering that. This is four losses in the last five Premier League games, and it and it should have been five. Um, they they got lucky to get a draw in that Arsenal game, and they've had pretty bad away form for a while now. Um, Three games in a row they've lost kinda, away from home: Burnley, Chelsea, and Southampton. Not not great. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, the, and I think they drew a couple before that, so they they haven't. They haven't been exactly been, or they haven't drawn any. I'm sorry. They, yeah, the all Arsenal, the losses have come the away. Arsenal, the draw was their first draw. Of right, the, the draw was the draw was away, but it, it it feels like you know at home they're still a really good side and they're probably going to win almost all their games at home this season. It's just it feels like every away game you're not sure what Tottenham's going to show up and and they, they look a little bit tired. They, they look a little bit gassed. I don't know about tired. I don't. I don't know about that. They, they've been playing like this type of schedule for the much, last three years. Well. It's not like new to them. Uh, I just think they've lost that that edge or that focus defensively. Like if you looked, Delhi Ali and Harry Kane. Like I think we've said on previous podcasts that them, them, but them, them coming back from injuries. We, we've said before that it might be an issue for them offensively. Those players played pretty well in this game, uh, specifically. Deli Ali uh, played the ball over the top to Kane to score, and they looked pretty bright for Ali just coming back from an injury and Kane having three or four games to get back to full fitness. But defensively, and Christian Harrison hit the yeah, ball. Yeah, exactly. Too. And defensively, they're just it, they're all over the place. We've seen Alderweireld make mistakes that you're not used mm-hmm. to seeing from a defender of his quality. We've seen uh, Jan Vertonghen struggle with injury being in and out of the side. Davison Sanchez looks a little bit younger and not as like assured of himself as he has in previous seasons. It's uh, it, it's something psychological, and I, I can't quite put my uh, finger on it. But uh, Maurizio Pochettino mouthing off in the press after and before every game isn't I was helping. Say, it kind of it kind of also feels not like helping. maybe Pochettino is on his way said, out, like, mouthing off in the press. Like it feels like maybe he's trying to get out. Like he realizes eh, this project probably isn't going to work. He sees Ole having success, and, and he's like, "Oh wait, no, I need to make sure I can get that job." And he sees Zidane going back to uh, either that or he's just pushing Levy to give him money, being like, "Look, like, you know, just just the recent comments being like, you know, now you guys, five to you know, we're not a title one. race team, we're a top four team, and." It's good that Real Madrid are talking about me. Like, you know, I like having other. Well, that's done. That's over. Sedan's back. He's not going anywhere. That's that's done. But just saying stuff like that is, I think, inflammatory and and can only bring like, you know, a bad reaction, negativity to the squad. All all the other players are probably thinking to themselves, like, is he going to leave? Like, is he? Does he hate us? Leave here? Like, what's going on? Is he going to try and replace a bunch of us? Like. I, th- I, I think there's really only two jobs that he could potentially take right now because I think United is going to go with, with Ole. Even if they um, don't end up in top four? I, I think I think there's a good chance. I mean, yes, if they don't end up in, op- in top four, then they have an opt-out. But I think with the the immediate impact he had with that squad, I think that's what they're going to do. 
the two jobs I would circle is what's going on with Juventus and is Allegri going to come back? And the other one is he was a PSG player. If they some reason decide to pull the plug early on Tuchel, no, no as chance. long as Madrid's not there, no chance of that. I mean, I mean United's not there. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't think either gave, of those are going to happen. They gave Emery a second season. I don't think they'll pull the. Uh, I don't think they'll pull the plug on Tuchel like that. I also think they're way more invested I, I in Tuchel either. than they ever were under Emery. I think they wanted Emery to come in and prove something to them. Where Tuchel, in their minds, they kind of view him as like the next Klopp. Like he's destined for that. Most people do. And I know, but I I look at those two jobs as the only two jobs that are significant upgrade on what he's at right now at Tottenham. There's really nowhere else that he's going to potentially go if, if United do hire Ole. Like what? What's a comparable gig? Inter, maybe, but Inter's Inter's a step back right now. Inter hasn't been to the Champions League this many years in a row. They're now into the quarterfinals. I don't know. Uh, and I will say, Alex, I agree with you. Defensively, the Tottenham defensive line that we've seen the last couple of years doesn't allow that that Southampton that first Southampton goal. What if Barcelona that was just were like crappy goal? Barcelona. He was in the. He is in what if Barcelona were just like Pochettino come? He was an Espanol player. He kind of hates Barcelona. Coach. That's what, yeah, Espanol coach. I don't see him going to Barcelona. Nor do I see them moving away from Valverde yet, just yet. But uh, yeah, little bit of trouble over there at Tottenham. I don't think that that they're going to slip further into this top four race. But their next game is at Anfield. Yeah, they might. <laughs> yeah, they, they they lose this next game. They could be looking at another loss in a, like they have to still play. They, they could be looking at six games without a win. Yeah, they still have I to mean, play. They, they did have that one championship win City. to kind of to kind of calm things down a little bit. But is their their next game is their, their next game was supposed is, to be is, their domestic form has been terrible in the last Absolutely. two months. Their next their next game was supposed to be Palace, but that's canceled because of the FA Cup. So we'll see with Tottenham. Let's uh let's jump to we'll briefly run through some of the other scores from the weekend. Uh Brighton got a two one victory over Crystal Palace. Cardiff got a two 0 victory over West Ham. Newcastle got a three two victory over Everton. Bournemouth won two 0 over Huddersfield. Leicester won three one over Fulham. Brendan Rodgers' first uh win as the Leicester head coach. Uh, just to update our table of picks here, Leicester's uh, 3-1 victory. Alex got that correct. And our next match that we're going to talk about is Manchester City's 3-1 victory over Watford, which Javier got correct. We're not going to spend too much time on this. Uh, Watford held held their, their own in the first half. Uh, a Raheem Sterling goal, which was offsides, and then two more goals quickly thereafter. Uh, saw Manchester City kind of done and dusted. I, I really don't have too much to to add on this. I I'm not gonna sit here and complain about. Yeah, if you did, I would tear you to sides. shreds because this is basically the scales evening out. Also, Man City exactly. would have broken through eventually. It would have ended two 0 or something like that, and instead it ended three one. And the most annoying thing about that is that Javier got that result correct, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get the I I didn't get the three 0 <laughs> So that's what's annoying about that because City just conceded the softest I that goal. They would concede in this it was game. such a soft goal it was, too. It was so it was so I City. They, I knew it would happen. I. I said it on the last pod. It, like it didn't affect the rest of the game at all. They clearly kept the the control of the game after that. It, it's the result was never in question. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a greater discussion to be had about Watford about uh, how good are they really, and uh, in terms of challenging the top teams consistently. But I don't necessarily want to have that here. Let's let's shelve that for now. I don't, 
Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, that brings us to Sunday. Liverpool got things started. Uh, 4-2 victory over Burnley. Ashley Westwood opening the scoring and uh, with a total bullshit call, which shouldn't have happened because uh, there were two defenders draping all over Allison. Uh, shocked that that happened, but it is what it is. Uh, Firmino in the 19th minute, Mane in the 29th, Firmino in the 67th minute, Goodmanson in the 90th plus one, and Mane sealing it again in the 90th plus three. Uh, good game for Mo Salah, but I have to say the guy who impressed me the most was the guy who I didn't want out there, and that was one Adam Lallana who looks like the player of two years ago for the first time in arguably two years. Yeah, he did and, look good. Uh, there was a couple times where I was – I was kind of like surprised. I was like, "Who is that?" And then like, I was like, "That's Lana." Like, there was a couple moves he did and a couple passes and sequences of play that were really impressive. Uh, I mean, I was having a conversation with some of my uh, fellow soccer fans here in the office, and uh, the the general consensus after the Everton game was Liverpool need to do a better job of finding space, and uh, they did a pretty good job against Burnley, a team where space is generally typically hard to find. And I, I got to credit that to Adam Milana. So I was really happy with his performance. He may have just earned himself a starting spot in the Bayern Munich clash on Wednesday. Um, but all really? in all, little disappointment. Lallana? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, oh, we'll God. see. I, I mean, I at least at least at least some, some time off the bench, right? He's definitely earned. Yeah, that. I don't know. I just feel like he's one of those he's one of those luxury players now at this point, where you, you play him in games like this, home games against the mid to lower table sides in the Premier League. You know, use him like I don't know. Arsenal would use like Danny Welbeck. You know, not quite your first rate striker, mm-hmm. but you know, can do the job for you against teams of a, like considerably less quality. I mean, it, it paid off in this game, but why would you trust him in the biggest game of your season so far? Maybe after Man City, uh, yeah, that's I don't know. That seems you guys have way I, better midfield reason, options. I, the only reason I could see him getting the call in that game is because he was the first guy in a little while to really kind of break through. Like we've seen, we haven't seen Naby Keita really break through like that in a little while. Shakiri is suddenly like not being used, but I mean, again, a great game from Trent Alexander Arnold. Great game from from Andy Robertson. Virgil van Dyke was good as per usual. Um, like I said, Burnley were annoying for a little while, but eventually we just did our thing. And, you know, hats off to Sadio Mane. I think he's on 17 goals right now. No penalties. Having a, having a, a again, I've talked about this in the past. When Mo Salah is having that streak where he's not scoring, the most important person to be scoring is Sadio Mane. So I think he's all, he scored in six consecutive home games at Anfield, which is only. A few players have ever done that, so really excited the form that he's in. Um, but let's jump to the one of the other big games from Sunday, which was Chelsea getting a 1-1 draw with Wolves. I got this one right. Jimenez and Hazard. A frustrating game for Chelsea, who were losing up until the dying moments in this one. He, he got, got lucky to get away with a draw there. Yeah, I mean, you could say lucky, but it was you, – you can – you can rewind back to when was it? Uh, early December, I want to say, uh, or maybe like late December, when we played Leicester City at home, and they're basically they're carbon copy games. The goals were eerily similar in, t- in terms of like the fashion that they were scored and like the sort of uh, ruthless, precise counterattacking play that it took to to open us up for the goals. Uh, but unlike that game, we actually managed to get the goal to kind of spare our blushes a little bit in this one. Um, 
I mean, Higua, it starts and ends with Higuain, I want to say. Uh, the, the movement is not great, and lots finally of people caving that you need to not continue that. I think I, I think I'm I think I'm I'm not caving. I'm kind of uh, coming to terms with something that I already predicted, where I said I, we need him to be great against the bad teams because it's like it's fine, it's respectable. I think to get a draw. Okay, this at was times a bad team. To, like, uh, no, it wasn't that bad of a team, Javier. Come on, they went to they went to Tottenham. They beat Tottenham. They've beaten us earlier this season. They should have beaten in, you like, guys. Like some of these you guys teams. only managed a one-one draw, and you should have lost. You guys should have conceded three or four in your home game. Wolves are a dangerous team, uh, and we conceded maybe three dangerous chances to them. One of them they scored pretty luckily, I will say, from the deflection. Uh, and for, of the three or four chances we produced, also. We took the one half chance right at the end that was just sort of like a Hail Mary and our best player came through for us. I'm not going to apologize for Hazard taking the game by the scruff of its neck when it needed to be done. Um, enjoy enjoy the last eight or no, eight to ten games of that. Well, yeah, the worry is that uh, Everton are definitely doing coming. this next weekend. Can we, can we get a, a better result away at Everton who are probably going to be playing the same style? I hope so. I, I think Everton are a little bit worse than Wolves, so I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, it's where Higuain comes into play is the games against the Cardiffs that we're going to have to play uh, eventually away from home in a couple weeks. He needs to be scoring in those games. And he needs to be threatening in these games with Wolves and Everton and Watford and Leicester and teams like that. It, it wasn't good enough against Wolves, I'll say that, but the, the supply to him has been pretty awful also. So there's 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 a lot of uh, looking in the mirror that needs to be done by everyone uh, on this team. It's But good to see Calum Hudson-Odoi get 30 minutes at the end of the game, get some actual like considerable minutes to come on and affect the game. Didn't manage to break through himself, but him and Loftus-Cheek and... You saw a change of system to a four-two-three-one for the last uh, twenty minutes when we brought off Jorginho and had a Conte Loftus Cheek pivot. That was interesting. So sorry, changing and adapting a little bit. Maybe we'll see a bit more of that going forward. That's huge. Honestly, that's that's such a huge factor for just Chelsea to switch right it up. I mean, I'm um, a, I love yeah. Jorginho. I'm still a full believer in Jorginho, but I, it, it can't hurt when we need to rest him to be able to have another system we can depend on. I totally agree. I, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing that Chelsea have missed all year. But I mean, that's been my one my one thing with Sari, even going back to his Napoli days, is his rigid I'm not gonna change everything, everything's fine when everything clearly isn't fine. It you know, changing your approach obviously can be successful and I, I think this is a big thing for him at Chelsea to at least be changing, but um I, I think gotta get the results. I think ha- you got to get the results, and Higuain has to score in a game like this. Like, Wolves are not close to breaking into the top six yet. I think they will be a club like that next year because they're going to go out and spend again, and I don't think they're going to lose guys like Ruben Neves or other guys right. who they might get Europa League from them this year. That might be like something they try to go for. Oh, I, I see them going for Europa League, but I don't see them settling for it. I mean, this is a oh, team course. that has like a I'm clear, just saying next year, clear cut they're not going to settle vision. down and be fine just outside of the top six. They're going to try and establish themselves like the other six, top six teams and actually try and win stuff. They might win the FA Cup this year. Who knows? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, which would be so huge for them. Uh, they may get into seventh and get that last Europa League spot as well, but... Uh, this Wolves team is not going in a way they've got they've got ambitious owners 
Um, this is someone to watch out for, which is why, like, yeah, it's a disappointing result at home, but this Wolves team is, they've given literally every single team in the top six a tough 90 minutes. No one has easily stuffed them. So, I'm saying um, it now, Arsenal are losing at Wolves this season. Okay, put it in the books. Uh, I don't think speaking- I don't think we're gonna drop more than four more points. There's there's a possible twenty four points. See, how, see, Andrew, Javier complains about 24. Liverpool fans, and he comes up with this shit. But we, we'll we'll talk about it more when we get to the Arsenal. Well, we, that's section. now, Javier. We're, we're there. there. We're there. Oh, should we transition? Is this a good transition? Yeah, go for it. You guys won two 0 Jaco caught De Gea yeah. napping in the twelfth minute. Aubameyang got a penalty. A, Lacazette forced a penalty, a pretty soft one, uh, in my opinion, in the sixty ninth minute. Uh, nice, yeah, giggity. <laughs> I mean, Arsenal deserved to win, but Javier, like, is that? Are you just happy that things finally went your way? That seems to be your overall mood. Yeah, basically, it just, everyone's it, against it, it Arsenal. Kinda, All the referees hate us, but we won anyway. No, I mean, it just—it kind of sucked that it would have really sucked if we somehow came away with a draw in this game because, you know, you, you wanted a win in one of these two games, either the Spurs or, or the United game, and it really felt like we deserved a win in the Spurs game. So, getting the win in this United game was a must-win, and outside of the Spurs home game earlier this year, where if. Or the Chelsea home game, where if we'd lost either of those games, we would have, there would have been massive gaps between the two teams. Right. Um, this was the next important game, you know, next, next most important game of the season. So we won all three of those home games, which were all massive games. And I mean, for for a manager in his first season, that's all you can really ask. I mean, obviously the away stuff is 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 important, you know, later on. But in in the first season, you know, Pep Guardiola lost some some pretty bad away games. Klopp lost some, you know, pretty bad away games in his first season and you know first season and a half. So you got to give Emery some time, and and I think this is just a, you know showing that there's improvement. This is the first time in, I think, in the last decade outside of I think the 2009 season where at this point in time, you know, with eight games left, we we had we've had 60 points. So it's it's that either that either that shows how bad we've been in the last 10 years and we've been kind of lucky to just be making top what about four the, with what it, about the Leicester season sorry what about the season Leicester won the league where you guys were like second place for like a hot second Leicester won the league with like 81 points we finished that season with like 73 or 74 points mm. and like it the, the the points total wasn't wasn't that high you know it, just it, uh, just, just for context for everyone listening, uh, the second place team in the Premier League this season will most likely have ninety points. So uh, yeah, Liverpool are currently on seventy three right now with with eight games to go, yeah, and City on seventy. Very possible. Just ridiculous. Yeah, there was one season in the last decade where uh, Wenger had eighty three points. Outside of that, almost every season was in between seventy to seventy eight points. So. It looks like Emery's going to beat that mark, that 70, just like in between 70 to 78. So, like you said, I mean, it, it could be that we l- lose that Wolves away game, but I don't know how many more points we're going to drop outside of that Walk game. Walkford away. I did just look at their schedule, Alex, and it is pretty soft. It's very soft. Like, the softest of all. Brighton, Leicester, the- Palace, Watford, Andrew, Everton, here's the hope. Here, here's the hope. Uh, they get a really tough Europa League draw at some point. Well, they have to get at through the Europa League. They currently are down three one. They have, they do just have to win two nil at the Emirates next week. But and I think uh, I think I think I think that was the other th- like this game was worth more than three points for 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 all those reasons, right? Because 
if we somehow drew or lost this game, the players were going to get in their mind like, you know, maybe. We oh no, it's happening back. again. Right. Oh, it's happening again. This is the same old Arsenal. All that shit. The fan base. Everything was going to come back, right? But just getting that win just relieves a lot of pressure. Let's them focus on the task at hand on Thursday and say, you know, all our fans are going to be going crazy on that day, like behind the team. And there's no way Ren are going to be able to, 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 you know, keep us. Javier's supremely confident, no Andrew. Uh, I, I tried to warn him the first time, confident that and we he wouldn't back listen that. to me. Also, because we and they lost three. Manchester United just overcame a two-nil away deficit against PSG, and we just beat that team. You don't think the players are going to take that to heart? I do think they're going to take that to heart, but at the same time, I don't think Ren cares who Manch- who Arsenal beat this oh, last absolutely. weekend. Ren are going to be and, and I'll I'll say this it, too, to like, win, but I think PSG and Manchester United were equal amounts of injured. If you look at it, like look at the lineup that United just threw out there. They're going to say that that wasn't their first choice lineup. I mean, look at the lineup that PSG put up against United. They're going to say it wasn't their first point, first you know, first team out there. Like it was a huge performance for United. Probably Romelu Lukaku's best performance ever in a Manchester United shirt. And you know they got their team, but I mean, United fans can still say that they're doing like. Yes, this one hurt, but this was the this was a ridiculous lineup that that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had to put out against there. Like he has that that card in his back pocket. It doesn't mean anything. It's three points lost, but he knows what this team's capable of when he's got a fully fully functioning eleven. Also, for 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 them, I mean, it, for the position that they were in when Solskjaer inherited the squad. You know, even this being Solskjaer's first loss in the league, I mean, you can't be unhappy at all with the way things have gone. So and it was a close loss. They like just on got... another day, that game's nil-nil, and you guys are the ones who are frustrated instead right. of them. Or like Lukaku scores that goal. The tap-in, they put on the ball. Maybe yeah. it's a tie, you know? So, so and maybe he stays on, you know, he stays unbeaten. And for United fans, I would, you know, and, and it didn't seem like United fans were really getting getting down from what I could see from the reactions. Most of them were... Just kind of keeping their heads up and saying, you know, keep going. It's just just one game, and they still they still have their fate in their own hands. You know, if they they if they win their games ahead of them, they're going to make top four. But they still they've got. They, I think they have the hardest of, of of the of the top top four. So here's my like, here's my question because they you. also have champions. Here's my question for you regarding Man United because their schedule is pretty difficult. I know they're they're hosting a lot of their big games, specifically with uh, City and Chelsea later uh, in the Premier League season. But at what point? I guess it's whatever the draw is made. At what point do United just kind of turn to them to each other and say, "Let's just go for the Champions League. Let's just try and go on like the Liverpool run last season." I guarantee if, I they're, they're all if, there. If, if, if they get Porto or Ajax in the next round, who are obviously very talented teams that could threaten them, they just lost to Sevilla last year. Uh, if they get a team like that, you could absolutely see them start to really play the kid. You think they're playing the kids right now? You, they'll really play the kids. You'll see a Chong Pereira, uh, McTominay uh, midfield with uh, what's his name, Angel Gomez on the wing. It's uh, it'll be a nightmare for the Premier League TV scheduling. <laughs> it won't be the typical United. I think they're already uh, there. Yeah, they're almost there. I'm. I, I don't think, think they're they, there yet. I think, but they're almost I think, there. If they get. I think Barca Solskjaer in the next round. That's, if he, that's tough. If he wins the Champions League, though, if he wins the Champions League, there's no way they're not hiring him. And I think he is two options. Most people think they're there already. The, to, 
Like there's no way they're not hiring him, him right now. I don't, but I do too, but I are I'm of that belief, but I think that if they go in and I think if they get to the final, I, I think or I think if they get top 4, he's Well, there. how feasible do you think that um, is? Like what teams do you do you would you favor them against in the Champions League? Sorry to detour from Premier League a bit, but I feel no, like we've got time. So you're fine. You're fine. We got. I wouldn't favor them, but I would say if they somehow got a draw, like you said, Porto or Ajax in the quarterfinals, Liverpool in the semifinals, right. I could see them getting beating Liverpool over two legs somehow, and then yeah, getting to a final and maybe losing, or possibly beating. Give know. me the other big names. Who, Can who, they be Atletico? Can they beat Barcelona? No, I don't think so. I don't think they City? can beat Barca. If- Juventus, they if they come City through, in a, in two legs. they just beat PSG. No. I, I'm just going to remind you, they just beat PSG. I, right. I think there's there, there there's a slight chance that they may have a better shot at winning the Champions League than they do at top four. Only because I wouldn't of agree with that. I mean, hold on. And, let me the, the European. Let me throw this out like there. Anfield and and. Let me throw this out there. They draw Spurs in the next round. They win a tight one against Spurs. Somehow we get Porto against Ajax drawn together, and then they take on the winner of that, and then it's one game. <laughs> I mean, like I'm not going to. That's how they. Get I'm in. not going to sit here. Liverpool made the final last year, but I'm not going to sit here and, sit and not act like we didn't have the, right. a pretty easy route to the final. We blew out Porto. We took on. We took down City. You beat over who was in legs. front of you? As long uh, as you guys admit that, you I'm exactly. completely fine with it. Yeah. Um, we beat City, and then we we had Roma, and we blew Roma off the park of the yeah, first. Yeah, you game. eked by. Come um, on, that was that was close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, but I, I honestly don't know what happens with United. But their their biggest issue for me is that they're not healthy, and and that's that's what terrifies me is that Solskjaer showed everyone what they can be when they're healthy. And if they suddenly figure that one, if that I called this, I called this a couple months ago. I said, wait till Champions League starts back up again. Wait till the fixture list gets congested. FA Cup, everything starts going again. That's when all the injuries happen. And by the way, if he wins FA Cup, do they keep him? Who's this? If if United win the FA Cup, and yeah, I mean, I, I I just think purely because of like attitude wise and what he's done with the players and like the turnaround you, I think you give him, you let him have, I mean, what does Manchester United lose giving him a window? I really don't think they lose anything be purely because they've gone with people like Van Gaal, like Mourinho, who were quote unquote proven before and big, big name managers. Like why not try something different? That's working right now. You know, even if it maybe comes up a little short, it's not going to really be his fault. You know, he was given such a such a difficult task when he came to, 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 to head, you know. Nobody thought that he could ever even really get into a chance of top four and, and get, get through in the next round of the Champions League and get through in the next round of the FA Cup like he's done. So the the bigger question too is United have talked about this for a long time, it's all over the internet. They want to hire a director of football. Does he fit in that director of you know? It's just like a GM. Yeah, maybe GM, he has, maybe you know, he's he's okay in being the NFL. More like, yeah. Yeah. here's the thing: if it, no, here's but the if thing about G- directors of football. if a GM and a head coach aren't on the same page, then it's not going to work. Who's going to who's going to have the power? That's the thing about directors of football is it's all nice talking about oh yeah United or Chelsea because Chelsea are going through the same thing. Those teams are looking to hire a director of football, and there's names that get thrown out there every now and then. Nothing like don't believe anything until there is pen to paper and that person is on the club website with a profile. 
because that like because people who are not involved in football and simply are the business side of football love to keep their hands dirty in football for as long as possible if they can get away with it. And you know it's going to take like a pretty big bottoming out, I think, before uh, before Edward Woodward like like seeds that power to someone else. I, I'm, I'm, I believe the same thing at Chelsea, but Marina Granovskaya. So I, I wouldn't hold your breath for some footballing mind to take over anytime soon. Um, I do. Like, I don't think we've talked about the game enough, to be honest. Uh, I, I do want to mention a slight gripe with how people have discussed this game where Pogba kind of got marked off the pitch and no one really mentioned it and no one really criticized him for it. And meanwhile, anything remotely close and to that no happens. And Lucas Torreira. So that was a little bit surprising that we were able to keep right. the midfield so quiet with, with Xhaka Ramsey in the midfield. But my, my point, <laughs> I, I hate to be super self-centered about here. My point being every single time there has been any like uh, inkling of Jorginho being man-marked, Everyone has come down on Jorginho and said that he's garbage and he was played terribly and that it's completely his fault of what happened. Meanwhile, Pogba... There's a massive standard I, difference between I, Pogba and Jorginho. I completely agree. I just think it's kind of strange how no one has well, really turned around would... and said, Paul Pogba didn't play well today. People just... I haven't seen that take too much. It's just been that Arsenal were good, which, I, I mean, they were okay, but I didn't think they were like the same standard they were against Chelsea or against Tottenham at home earlier this season. They were much better in those games. Well, but I think we also had a I, bunch I of injuries and, you know, there was a lot, there was a, there, there was a bunch of factors in that too. But I'll say this. We, we talked about, look, it, it's not to say that Paul Pogba doesn't deserve criticism, but Paul Pogba has gotten that criticism before. It was his first year at United when they didn't score. It was Pogba's fault. It he was supposed to have a when, full when week United of rest. Scored on. He was supposed to have a full week of rest right. with no PSG. Like, where's? That's I don't know. Fair. I'm just. But I'm raising the question. Cr- no, no, that's you're right because you're totally right. And credit to Unai Emery for figuring a way to stop him, for figuring out a way to stop him. And Aaron Ramsey and keep him from affecting. Aaron the game. Ramsey was excellent. And Aaron Ramsey. Um. But I, I, I do see where you're coming from. Uh, and I, I have a couple more shout-outs. You're right. We should talk a little bit more about the game. <laughs> Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil. Hey, he didn't this fuck was up. The first, this was the first game, big game this year, where he showed up. And I want to say he didn't – I mean, he, he did create chances. He, was, he had some good passes. But most of all, he was, a lot of times, the first guy pressing, which was awesome. It was awesome to see him – you know, being that guy pressing the goalie, being that guy pressing the center back, working hard, coming back on defense. It looked like every time United got the ball, he was, you know, most of the time, near the end of the game, last 10 minutes, he started dragging and Unai took him off. But he worked really, really hard, and it looks like Unai has him motivated. And, I mean, obviously, Does he have he's, a future? he's well rested because he's barely pl- played this Javier year. believes again. You can hear it in his voice. He's like, oh, Mezzadabi no, no, is back. No, I don't. I don't. But, but I, no, I'm, I, I want to give – I don't – I'm not giving credit to Ozil. A little bit of credit to Ozil just, just in the sense that he's gotten himself back. But oh, more, he's back. M- almost he's all back. of the credit I'm getting, here first. giving to Emery. Mezzad Ozil is back. I think the thi- – the, I, I think the I'm, name I'm of the podcast to Emery is predatory too. Emery has – has been the one to, to, to like get this guy, you know, benched him. You know, he, he, all, all the time Ozu was posting like, oh, I'm fit on Instagram saying that he's back. And Emery just didn't bring him back, just kept him benched, kept him, you know, every, all the Arsenal fan base was screaming, what's going on? What's going on? And now you're seeing the best of Ozil 
you know, at least from what we've seen in a, in a long time. I haven't seen him work that hard. I don't know in an Arsenal shirt. It doesn't seem like ever. So it it, it just seems like maybe an infectious attitude has has you know has infected the team. Like everyone seems to be working hard for each other, happy, and it's it's good. I I think it's just positive things going forward for Arsenal. And the other guy I wanted to shout out quickly was uh, Ainsley Might Niles. Oh who no, hadn't that's played a bad one. In come on, who hadn't played in like two months? Burnt Leno. And he didn't have a great first half, but grew into the game. And then a, a fresh Martial came on in the second half, and he had to deal with that for 30 minutes and completely shut him down. And that was really good. And I, actually, after the game, um, Emery uh, like kind of discussed and told, like said that like he basically told Maitland Niles to like, conserve energy in the first half to like because knowing they knew Martial was coming on in the second half, and he knew he was going to have to deal with him. So. I don't know. I thought, like, again, just great coaching. I think that's really good job for my Niles being able to, like, you know, manage the game well and know, okay, I'm going to have a really big threat in the second half that was, that was you know, that gave, biggest, gave us big problems in, in previous games this season. So, again, this is just small details, small things that I don't think Wenger did that, that Emery is doing that, you know, I think is, is, is taking the team strides forward. Accountability. Who would have thought? <laughs> hey, if you don't play well, you don't get to play. <laughs> Wenger was like, what? What is this? Um, so yeah, another big week. Uh, we'll have more stuff coming at you soon. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMOS92, at Ghost Cold Pod, and at JavierRev9. Uh, go like, subscribe, and leave a review on the iTunes, which always helps us out. Um, for everybody here, best of luck in the Champions League, everybody. And, uh, until next time. Bye.